0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. In our Advent Sermon series, The Language of Christmas, we are unpacking five ways to show love to one another. Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and giving of gifts. Jesus lived a life of perfect love for God's people. The greatest responsibility and opportunity for a Christ follower is to practice loving God and neighbor like he loved us first. It's our prayer that the love of Christ will be the greatest gift in your home this Christmas. Now, tune in as we study what love is and how to show it.
1: Well, it's, it's highly likely that some of you have not finished your Christmas shopping just quite yet, or maybe you have, and you're beginning to question, did what you buy for people actually, is it actually going to serve as a nice gift? And so what I thought I would do today is I'm going to walk you through here at the beginning seven things that are really bad gift ideas for people, okay? So if you're running out to Walgreens after the service this afternoon, just avoid what I'm about to show you. Or if you have these things wrapped under your tree already... I'm going to leave it up to you to determine whether or not you should take it back or you should give that as a gift. So, without further ado, here's seven things that I think you should be careful to not give people this year for Christmas. Wrinkle cream. Um, I think that's a foregone conclusion. You know, guys, if you've got that under the, in the stocking stuffer, just go ahead and eliminate that right now. Um, workout equipment. Um, even if someone told you they wanted workout equipment, I would really question that uh, just because it might not be received so well tomorrow morning as they thought that they were excited about that. Anything that you can find in an infomercial, um, you think he's going to use it, ladies. He's probably not, okay? I mean, it, it, he's probably not near as excited about that as you, as, you, uh, as you might think that he is. So I would just, again, you know, be, be careful with that, um, a scale, I don't think this needs any further explanation. Um, Clothes in general. You know, I would be really cautious about uh, buying clothes for someone. My wife actually told me that she wanted new jeans this year. And so I was going to buy her new jeans. And so, but instead of me buying them, we went to the mall a couple weeks ago. And honestly, y'all, I cannot make this story up. We went to the mall a couple weeks ago, and she's in the stores looking at jeans. And these women out of nowhere that she doesn't even know keep coming up to her, and they're like, don't you just hate buying jeans? Buying jeans is the worst. It was like this sorority of disgruntledness. And and my wife looks at me and said, see? You know, like... (laughs) That's why I was not going to trust you to buy me the jeans that you wanted to buy. Um, a, a loud toy for a kid. Um, let's, let's just be honest. If you're buying this for your own children, which parents never do, uh, feel free to go ahead. But if you have purchased one of these to take to someone's house tomorrow, just know you will be talked about after you leave. Um, <laughs> That party. And then, uh, last but certainly not least, to kind of keep the theme going, uh, I don't think it's a good idea to buy a gym membership for anyone. So, if you are planning on doing a gym membership, just go ahead and uh, I would suggest that you eliminate that. But I don't know about you, but gifts are a really interesting part of Christmas, aren't they? I love gifts. For some of you, your primary love language is this whole concept of gifts. You like to receive gifts. You like to give gifts. Your cup is never more full than when you have an opportunity to get a gift. And then there are some of you that you love to give gifts. It is your primary way to show other people that you love them and you want to buy a gift for everyone, every neighbor, every cousin, not only the mailman, but everybody who works at the post office. You know, you want to give that gift to everyone. And so on this eve of Christmas, my hope and my prayer is that we would all walk away with an understanding of what truly makes Christmas such a special gift. And what makes Christmas such a special gift actually has little to do with what's wrapped under your tree right now. And what makes Christmas a special gift has little to do with what you're feverishly refreshing that tracking number to see if Amazon is gonna deliver this afternoon. It has very little to do with that. It's not on a shelf somewhere. It's not something that's gonna be arriving on your doorstep. See, the true gift of Christmas is Jesus, the indescribable gift of God to each and every one of us. And so that's what we're celebrating today. And I hope and pray that you have experienced that gift and that you've found the grace and the peace and the love and the mercy from Jesus Christ alone. So just know that I'm so grateful that you're here with us this morning. And I want us to pray that God would do what only he wants to do as we just open up the word and encounter him today. So will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for just this beautiful day of life that you have given us. God, I pray that in all things today that you would be honored and glorified, that you would be the one who is high and lifted up and that you would meet us, that you would change us and that you would. God, Show us that you love us and that we would experience that gift today. We're so grateful again, God, for who you are. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray and ask all these things. Amen and amen. I'm going to read for you this afternoon from Matthew chapter 1. This is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And you're going to see these words on the screen. And this is a part of the nativity story, part of this greatest gift that God gave to us that we celebrate on Christmas. So if you'll listen along here as I start in verse 18. So this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Now, the reality is, most of us probably have at least a small level of understanding of this story. Some of you have a large, vast knowledge of this story, but it's the Nativity story. And why do most of us have knowledge of this story? Because it's fictionalized in cartoons. We see it in sitcoms. You see references to it. And so, undoubtedly, you probably have at least some elementary understanding of this story of the Nativity. And the story goes like this. An angel of the Lord comes to Mary. And tells Mary that she is going to conceive a child. And Mary had not, uh, had, was not in a relationship with Joseph. She was a virgin. And God came and said, you're going to have a child. And fast forward just a few days, Joseph hears this story. It obviously rattles him, as you would think it would. What happens? And so there's a census, and they have to leave their home. They go to Bethlehem, which is not their home. And because there was a census, Bethlehem was full of people, and there was no place For them to lay their heads and mary was with child and she delivers this child in a places it in a manger and we kind of have this story that looks like it's it's a stable most likely it was probably actually a cave and after jesus was born we know that there was a star that was guiding shepherds we know that there were wise men who came a little bit later and brought gifts and ultimately jesus grows up and he fulfills the plan that god has for his life but this christmas season The real challenge for us is not, can we recite that story? The real challenge is not, can you take the little tykes nativity and adequately place everybody where they are in the manger scene? See, the bigger challenge is, do we really get the weight and the significance of this story? Do we really get how significant this story is and what it is that God's trying to show us through this moment? Now, within these eight verses that I've already read, there are two huge truths that I want to pull out. Two huge truths, and the first one comes from verse 21. Verse 21 says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, I don't have to tell you that there's a lot of differences among people. If I were to kind of line us all up and say, What makes us all different? We would have a long list, wouldn't we? Some of you guys like Coke. Some of you like Pepsi. If I were to ask you, What does Christmas morning look like at your house? There are some of you, and I'd just by a show of hands, where are the people that watch everybody open each individual gift? where are you? That's right. Thank you guys for doing it right. And then there's there's the people that kind of have this free-for-all. Where are you guys? I mean, it's just this free-for-all. Paper is everywhere, and it's just madness in those moments. See, it's something that makes us different. If I talked about vacation, you have in your mind either a beach that's really quiet, and there's no activity, or some of you guys have Disney in mind, and that is a lot of activity, and a lot of going, and a lot of movement. There's things that make us different. But what is the one thing? What is the one thing, the most base level thing that makes us all the same? And what makes us all the same is that we are sinners. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter how rich. It doesn't matter how poor you are. We all are sinners. I'm not going to ask you to do this today, but you could look at your neighbor and say, hi, sinner. It's nice to have you here. I don't do that. I could look at you and say that. You could come up to me and say that. Why? Because we are separated from God because of our sin. And in the Bible, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we're reminded, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, sin is what separates us from God. There is no sin that's worse than another sin. There's not this order of sin that's worse in God's economy. God has a standard for our lives, and sin is is what separates us. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, there is this proclamation to Joseph before Jesus was ever born, and the proclamation read as this, your wife, your soon-to-be wife, is going to give birth to a child. His name is going to be Jesus, and he is going to take away the sins of all mankind. What separates us from God, Jesus, is going to pay that price. That's a huge truth for us on this Christmas season. The second huge truth, scroll down a few verses. Back in 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, some of you guys are history buffs and you're gonna love this. Did you know that about 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah said this was going to happen? 700 years before Jesus was born, there was this prophet Isaiah who said this was going to happen. There would be a virgin who would conceive and give birth to a child, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is a Hebrew word translated into English, meaning God with us. God with us. Not a distant God, not a God on a shelf who is untouchable, not a God who is other, but a God who is with us. And through this child of Jesus, God comes to us. So these two huge truths this afternoon is that people need saving from their sins and God made a way for us to be made right. So you and I have a need. I have a need, you have a need. And God sent Jesus to meet that need in our life. Let's say, for example, that I have a need for new socks and you give me new socks, thank you. Or let's say, for example, that I wanna go on a vacation and you give me a vacation, thank you. Now, you could purchase that for me. In in, in that scenario where I need socks or I want to go on a vacation, could I do that myself? Absolutely. You could buy me that gift. I could buy myself that gift. I could purchase it. You could purchase it, sure. But when it comes to the greatest need of our life, a need for us to be saved, unlike socks, I can't do that myself. Unlike a vacation, I can't purchase that myself. You can't purchase that for me. Your grandmother can't do that. It's only Jesus. And what does the Bible refer to this as? This amazing story, this amazing moment where we cannot do this for ourselves, what does the Bible refer to this as? The Bible refers to this as a gift. gift. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin, which we all are sinners, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, Jesus is the gift of greatest value this Christmas. He came, he was born, he lived, he performed some incredible miracles, he served the poor, he loved so generously, and he died for the sins of all mankind, present and future. And if we fast forward to Easter a little bit, three days later, he resurrected from the dead to conquer death to show us once and for all that he could conquer everything in our life, especially our sin. But why was this God's plan? Why was this God's plan for you and me? See, why this was God's plan for us, you see this up here on your screen, it was God's plan because God sent Jesus because he loves us. God sent Jesus because he loves us. John three sixteen reminds us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Sometimes we think that God sent Jesus because he hates us. Or that we were despised, and that's why God needed to send a Savior. See, nothing could be further from the truth. God sent Jesus as a gift of love to us. And it's entirely possible that at some point in your life, you have not felt that love. You've not felt that love maybe from other followers of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that at the most basic level, God sent his son Jesus to this earth as a gift of love. So that we can be made right. And so that we don't have to be held captive by that sin anymore. And here's the beauty of that gift this Christmas season. Here's the beauty of that gift. And maybe you want to write these truths down. You can see them there on your worship guide. If you want to reflect upon these, you can follow along and maybe maybe reflect upon these between now and the new year. See, what makes this gift of Christ so special? This is what makes the gift of Christ so special this season. Number one, I can't pay for it. I can't pay for it. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 reminds us, for it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. What makes this gift of Christ so special? It's also that I can't be good enough to earn it. I can't be good enough to earn this gift. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And number three, I can't accomplish this gift on my own. I can't accomplish this on my own. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, the life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What makes this gift of Christ so special this Christmas is that I can't pay for it. And we're not used to gifts that are free, are we? We don't give gifts to people for no reason. There's some relationship that necessitates that we give a gift. Whether it's a good gift or a bad gift, you don't give gifts to people that you don't know. It's just not the way that we go about doing it. It seems a little bit too good to be true. How can it be free? Because see, I'm used to being in control. And now you're telling me that I can't pay for this gift? That's perplexing to me. Or maybe you're realizing you can't be good enough for this. And maybe you're saying this afternoon, you know, I'm not a terrible person, Pastor Jason. Surely I'm good enough. I, in my, maybe the deeds have in my life, I, I feel like I've, I, I've done enough. I've never done anything that bad. So, I mean, I must be a Christian. I mean, come on, I was raised in Alabama. Everybody in Alabama is a Christian. So, I must be good. Or we moved here from California to Tennessee. So, you know we're Christians. I mean, that's just sometimes the way that we think. But the reality is, you're not saved because of the righteous things that you have done, but rather because of the kindness of God. And maybe you're saying, I can't accomplish this on my own. See, that's hard for me to fathom because I'm used to doing things my way. I'm used to controlling my own destiny. But I have to humble myself to accept this gift. And maybe you're saying today, I can't accept that gift of Jesus because I'm not in control, I, I, I feel like I can be good enough, I'm unworthy, I, I can't accomplish this on my own, and so that makes me I realize that I have to humble myself. Well, my friends, if you're at a place in your life where you say, I, I realize that I'm not in control, I realize that I'm not worthy of this gift, and I realize that I have to humble myself to accept it, let me be the first to tell you congratulations. You are truly at the best place in your life to really grasp the gift of Christ this Christmas. Because you can't be in control. You can't be good enough. And you can't accomplish this on your own. See, God sent his son Jesus to be with us, born in the most humble of ways. And Jesus was sent in love. And this Christmas we celebrate him, truly the greatest gift.
0: That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. And lastly, from the church family to your family, Merry Christmas.